0: Welcome to Training Room Talk, where we discuss all things performance, rehab, and education.
1: Hello everyone, I'm Dr. John Harding. Welcome back to Training Room Talk. I'm here with Dr. Ray Carr, Rob Rabina, and Dr. Nick Perigini. And today we're going to follow up on last week's episode on upper body assessments. And we're going to kind of lead into what we look at for lower body assessments and then how we integrate the two um, to come up with a full body picture of how we develop our, our training and rehab programs. Um, so, just like last time, we're going to kind of talk about Rob's performance assessment and kind of parlay that into what we're taking into account when we're looking at when um, pain gets involved.
0: Cool, thanks, John. So, lower body assessment for me, um, what I generally like to do, again, we'll start off with some more um, passive tests first. So I will do um, seated I ER. Uh, we'll then roll into a Thomas test or an extension drop test.
1: Was that hip, ER, IR?
0: Hip, yes. All right. Hip. We're all talking lower body, right, John? Yeah, but okay. some people may not know. Okay. Um, roll right into the Thomas test. I'll then um, lie him back and again lower bodies you know there's a lot of tests you can do. I, I don't do them all. Um, if someone comes in with a previous lower body injury or you know they have you know something going on in their lower body, I'll do more lower body testing but I'm not doing anything too too crazy just looking at the basics for me. Um, so what I'll do after that is a um, adduction drop test on the left and the right side. Um, We'll then do passive abduction on the left and the right side. And then um, we'll do passive, um, like hip flexion or like a passive ASLR test. So those would be, I think that's my passive test that I'll do. From an active standpoint, I do utilize the FMS, so I'll do all the lower body ones, the inline lunge, overhead squat, hurdle step, um, would be more of the lower body ones that I'll do from an active standpoint. If if someone is if I if I see a passive limitation in some hip IR and ER, I'll have them seated again, see how their active IR and ER is. At times, if it's if it's really bad, or if it's really good, and I want to see how they control it. So vice versa. So sometimes I'll do active seated IR and ER as well. Um, so that would do, that would that would be all my kind of range of motion testing that I do. From there, um, I do do some speed and agility testing. I don't know if you guys would consider that a lower body testing, but to me it is because it's you know looking at just yeah. general you know speed, agility, power, explosiveness of mainly the lower body. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, which is which is um, to me important because uh, I need to know where they're at from the speed perspective, acceleration perspective, power perspective, um, and you know just giving me some more information. And then the last piece that I'll do is just, again, put them through a little workout, get their fitness level. Uh, There are, again, a lot of tests you can do. You could do a three rep max test, five rep max test, squat deadlift. Again, all great tests. I just put them through a workout, coach them, see how they do. Um, Because I don't know how their form is going to be with a max load or even a rep test. Like I need to be confident in their ability to do it. So I just coach them through an exercise with the suggested weight, and I'll do common exercises that we'll do in our training program. A squat variation, deadlift variation, single leg deadlift variation, lunging variation. Um, again, just provide just provides me information about how they do exercise with some load in their hands. Um, you know, if for example, I get someone that is maybe post ACL, you know, and they need to progress to running, we'll then maybe look at more running mechanics, single leg hopping. Uh, mechanics, more control type testing, single leg squat testing, if they're portraying with, a or coming off again, a lower body injury. I'm not doing that with every single person that comes in the door. So I do change the eval, I guess you could say, depending on the person. Um, Because again, there's just so many tests and I try to hit the big ones that are gonna really impact my training program, you know, depending on their injury history and where they're at, so.
1: Nice, thanks Rob. Um, and I think, like, like he said, I think our eval as a physical therapist kind of depends a little bit on why the person's coming into the clinic. Like, Rob has a general, like, increased performance and maybe get a little more specific. But then we, um, like, if they're coming in for knee pain, we're going to look at their knee probably a little bit. Um, generally, I'll start um, proximally, though. So I'll start, um, you know, T-spine mobility goes both towards upper extremity and lower extremity. And then I'll work down into the hips and I'll hip hit seated erir in the hips then i'll hit um you know maybe like a an extension drop or a thomas test to check um you know hip flexor um and uh quads flexibility and ligamentous integrity then i'll move into like a passive um hip abduction and then maybe kind of almost a passive hip A deduction, just to kind of get a hip position and see how the pelvis is is aligned for lack of a better word
2: are you testing the itb band there
1: no and um i'm fully supported by research <laughs> that says that an obers or a hip A deduction drop is is not a test for it bands
2: just checking um
1: <laughs> flexibility um yeah, so then we'll check, like if, if someone's having knee pain, like I'll check knee range of motion, we'll work down into the ankles to make sure we get a full picture. Um, but generally, like a lower body st- for me starts proximally, and then I'm kind of working down um, the chain from there to make sure I see everything. I'll watch them walk, I'll definitely watch them walk if they're able to, because um, that gives you good um, good information on full body integration and, and how they move and why certain stresses might be on certain areas. Um, Obviously, for some of this stuff, whether it's trauma or a non-traumatic injury, um, that'll kind of help guide the assessment and where I go with that. Um, not a ton of manual muscle testing um, because, again, in our population, it's mostly athletic and strong. Like, it's they're all going to be fives, fours or fives. Um, so that's not giving me a ton of information unless um, they are maybe post-surgical and, and we need to get that number. Um, but generally and then maybe you take them into your side plank or you know if they're able to we can watch them squat or single leg squat um but whatever information i feel like i need to see how they move like i'm kind of like rob like i'll make sure i get position which helps me tell tell me about stability or why they might have gotten hurt and then i'll kind of watch them move a little bit and whether it's watching them move is just gait through you know a fifty foot walk, or if I need, I feel like I need to see a squat pattern um, or another pattern, then I'll take them into that. Yeah, and I think, like you said there,
2: what's really important is, you know, our population. You know, ninety percent of the time, people are coming in pretty strong, right? They're 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 lifting, they're they're playing their sport. Um, you know, these people can move and are usually still working out. Uh, so you know, some some of the things I, I like to look at. In, in this population here is, you know, I like to look at the, the positions of whatever activity they're doing. You know, for example, we see people who come in, you know, doing CrossFit, Olympic lifting, you know, after our general position testing, uh, range of motion and strength, I wanna look at your front squat, right? I wanna see if you can get into that position, you know, create stability, get a full inhale, full exhale, and really own that position. You know, other little, other little caveat here is, I wanna for, for some of our population, I wanna get them barefoot. I wanna take a look at look at their feet, look at their ability to create a stable arch, um, if that's if that's needed for them. Um, in our in our running population, I wanna I wanna see how their foot is interacting with the ground, how well they're you know, controlling pronation and, and any upstream uh, effects. So I think one, one of the things I, I've really taken away from, from John at my time here as a student And and from Ray is gait and really getting good at observing gait pattern and looking at trunk rotation, you know, arm swing and how the the foot is interacting with hip, how the hip is interacting with the foot. You know, so these are some things that, you know, in our population, we're we're lucky to be able to do because we can get people, you know, actually in a barbell overhead squat position or, or back squat, front squat clean and see, you know, what that looks like when they're performing their sport. I think a lot of times we, we it's easy to miss things when we're just doing unloaded, passive range of motion testing. But for our population, we need to actually get a a, a decent amount of intensity on these movements for to to see what they're talking about when they're talking about what's causing them pain.
3: Uh, I think for me, uh, I mean, you guys named a lot of a lot of what we all like to do. Um, I think into it. In addition to that, uh, for myself personally, um, I look a lot at, you know, tissue length uh, for one, uh, neural tension uh, for two, um, and then just gross movement, whether, you know, I use a lot of the FMS movements, so uh, your overhead squat, your inline lunge, hurdle step, uh, all that good stuff. Uh, And then I like breaking out those movements, whether it's, or breaking out SFMA movements, um, and unlike John, uh, I do actually like to, to use the MMTs a little bit. Uh, not so much because I do agree with him where, you know, I mean, you're not really going to make much of a change in four weeks, uh, and all of our people are four pluses out of five, but I just like targeting dysfunctional tissue uh, or seeing an asymmetry from side to side, especially as much, you know, soft tissue needling we do. Um, sometimes I find that resourceful, so right. Haters are going to hate <laughs> <All right. laughs> just got to keep moving.
1: Yeah. Well, that may have been our first disagreement on the episode. <laughs> I know we need to find an episode that we all disagree on. At least there's two sides. Um, but anyway, Nick, you brought up a good point of watching the specific athletic movement. Like a lot of times, um, people have videos. Yeah. So I'll ask to watch a video of a lift or of them performing an activity. Um, Rob I know you do that with some of your throwers. Oh, yeah. like you want to see them throw yeah. and it's not just watching them throw in like a practice setting mm-hmm. bullpen it's live. how do you throw in a game yeah, live, I to, live. Yeah. like no, I want to see
0: full speed I agree John I need to see live pitching video of what they're doing because right. then there might be a tidbit in there that you as the coach can take information from Okay, it's just more data yeah I don't know why anyone would hate data people talk about all the you know the science in baseball now and how I, I love it. I think it's phenomenal. Like, I don't know why an old school coach would be not receptive to shifting the defense a little bit or adjusting the game, like data, the more data, the better. More information. More I think information it just comes
1: down to how you use it, right? Like you could get all this information and if you're not using it right. appropriately, I agree. like you have to find the system to to use that. We're the people. Yeah. The people. yeah. I,
2: I, lo- I love the idea of, you know, being able to look at that video. Look at, look at the athlete in their element, in their sport performing, you know, whatever movement that's maybe causing them, you know, discomfort or pain or whatever reason why they're, they're visiting you. And, you know, before, you know, as physical therapists, like, we love finding problems, right? We're really good at it. And, you know, the reality is we can probably find problems on anyone. And maybe they're not painful, right? We can find dysfunction everywhere, but that does not equal pathology. It does not equal, you know, pain. But, you know, instead of kind of finding these things and, and making them a big deal, making them a problem, what if we kind of take a step back and, like, go into that coach role and try coaching first? Right, so sometimes I think it's really easy for us to identify dysfunctions, identify limitations that, you know, may or may not be linked to why they're seeing you um, instead of taking a step back and looking at the big picture. And maybe it's an issue that can be, you know, f- fixed or manipulated through coaching right, or maybe a change in motor control or a change in former technique. So I think, you know, one, one thing that has helped me is, like, that coaching background. Instead of being so kind of looking at the, at the, at the specific tissue and at, at a micro level, taking a step back and looking at the micro macro level, you know, looking at volume management, you know, these types of things and, and, and bigger picture, bigger picture um, you know, issues like sleep, nutrition,
0: stress levels, you know, and, and, and so forth. Love that, Nick. I think you brought up a lot of good points. And just a quick side note, as a PT, you need to learn how to coach. Do you guys agree? You need to learn how to coach. I, didn't we talk about that I don't in, know, a, in a We previous did, but just I, I think it's important. <laughs> I think we should and talk I, about it on every episode. And I yeah. don't like PTs that can't coach. Like, you you. gotta look at the whole movement. You gotta be able to coach. Okay, that's enough of my ranting. Um, now, I think also from a lower body perspective, You know, I think Nick also brought up a really good point too, um, is you need to look at the positives of what they can do from an evaluation standpoint. So doing all these tests, you know that they might have 10 things wrong with them, but they might have three things good for them, or there's three things that they did really well. And you don't wanna highlight the bad things all the time because the bad things, hip IR, pelvic position, You know they can't they have ones on all their fms you know they can't jump they jump five feet like whatever it is a lot of bad things that doesn't matter because they're clearly here to see you to improve in what they're trying to improve in so they know they're not good at certain things so you as the coach or as a therapist need to focus on the positives of their lower body assessment or overall assessment and push the positive things and not focus on the lower body negatives
1: That's a huge, huge point. the The presentation of how you present things to people is huge in how they will perform going forward for you and creating a relationship, um, and then how they respond to your performance or your rehab program. Like we get a ton of people that'll come in and say, you know, a twenty three year old who has knee pain when they squat. The doctor says, "Don't ever squat again." Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. Happens. Yeah, but very common. It does. Um, Scary. You know, so when you can, you know, you can present to them and give them a little bit of hope and, you know, for whatever reason the doctor said that, but when you're like, no, you know what, if we can just clean this up for you, the presentation of it is key and just getting one buy-in, two, helping what they may have associated with their identity to that point, you know, you're, you're helping to um expedite the healing process yeah i guess so the mindset mentality is everything with with some of these things Mm
0: -hmm. quick scenario for you guys yeah you have a lifter come in or an athlete they have some we'll say knee pain no structural damage mris are good they have knee pain doing certain activities i guess the activity matters but say general knee pain with squatting or lunging okay Let's assume they're in their late twenties. Um, you know, what are your guys' thought initial thoughts? What are you guys going to, from an assessment standpoint, um, going forward with this person with knee pain? My first thought is, what's their squat look like?
3: Right, if that's where they have the pain, um, first want to kind of look at that movement. Maybe they're way too forward. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's what's causing a lot of the stress. Unloaded, plays. loaded max load so i would look at it unloaded first okay yeah yeah what are your guys thoughts
1: yeah i mean
3: yeah i want to see the pattern
1: and in those cases maybe if they squat when they have pain like they have knee pain when they squat like i'll ask for a video like so right. we're not making them go through that acute yeah. process yeah um if they have knee pain when they squat but i want to see the squat pattern maybe first i'll look proximally to make sure like torso and hip are in good positions mm-hmm. and if I find something glaring then I'll try to clean that, that up and then have them squat like instead of forcing them into pain when they squat I'll see if I can make a quick adjustment and then maybe have them squat at the end of the session mm-hmm. instead of the beginning of the session
3: yeah
1: yeah, maybe some manual work some positioning, some strength, some mm-hmm. stability and then set, you know right. if they're responding well then I'll have them squat at right. the end so I can see it.
0: Because a knee pain could have a foot issue. So many, so many things. Yeah. yeah.
3: yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. I mean Pain, throw, pain throws off motor control. So, you know, anytime pain is present, I mean, you know, it could throw off the whole movement pattern. That's why sometimes I may, I may even give them um, a heel lift, or maybe I'll give them some resistance around the knees. Maybe I'll add in, like, a tempo cue, and I'll see if these things can bring them out of pain before even doing anything manually. Right. Um, just to see that kind of helps find like that underlying like uh provocation yeah i mean i want to and rob going back to your you know recent post here on squat variations
2: it's you know i want to in that session find a variation that works for them pain free right that could be that could be box or that could be partial range of motion that could be the load and you know anteriorly you know posteriorly some kind of variation. Let's get let's find one that works. Keep them exercising. Let's keep them exercising. The second thing that I, I want to know with this person, you know, especially if they're a like someone who's like on a program, especially, I want to know their volume for the last four weeks, mm-hmm. right? I want to I want to know and see that trend, right? If it's been a you know sudden increase in volume, like we know that's one of the like most guaranteed backed research things that's going to predispose you to injury is sudden increases in training volume. So these are something that too that you can. Use going forward. What is your threshold when pain comes on, and then you can develop a program to gradually expose that person to new levels of volume. You know, in that in that movement, if it's painful, to keep them, you know, growing and getting stronger in those tissues, but also kind of exposing them to pain a little bit. But um, just getting used, to getting them used to that without overdoing it.
1: Good points, Nick. Um, So that's going to wrap it up on our episode on lower body assessments. Um, Again, guys, we sincerely appreciate you listening to the program. Um, So please subscribe um, if you haven't already and even download because that will help us rise in the ranks of of podcasts. Um, Please also share with your friends because we just want to be able to continue to share, spread the word, and help people um, write better programs of strength and conditioning and rehab. Um, So thanks again for listening. Until next time.